<laughs> it's Monday night again. We back, y'all. We back, y'all, for another read. And this time, we'll be learning Topaz. Yeah, we see Topaz got his foot. Baby, Topaz did his thing. Now it's time to see where he gonna be at next. So y'all sit back, relax. Let's take this trip. Let's see what Topaz gonna get into now. If you haven't told your friend, go tell your friend. (laughs) We over here reading, y'all. It's about to go down. Thank you to our author, Mr. James Colwell, a.k.a. Spiller Boy. Head on over to Amazon.com so you can get your books today. That's Amazon.com and search for Mr. James Colwell. We read, y'all. <laughs> Let's get this thing started. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. Make sure you subscribe and like the video. Share it with your friends. Come over and follow me on Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash brown 9 Let's get this party started, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I am your girl, Miss Almond Brown, and we are back again for another read of our Learning So Pass. Honey, we are in for a treat. I already know. I don't even know what this next chapter is going to be about, but I already know it's going to be a treat. And um, first and foremost, y'all know how I do heavy, real heavy. Shout out to Food Junkie. Have y'all a disclaimer, honey. There will be some cussing, cussing. It may be some hunching, hunching. So, yeah, y'all get ready for the get ready, okay? But we're going to reiterate what happened last week. I'm going to let you guys know that, you know, Topaz has left home. He went off to college, baby. But the, they haven't even stepped foot away from the household. And Topaz had to beat up Jeremy real quick. You know, blood running down his mouth and everything. Honey, he showed him that the blood still works. Okay, but uh, Wally, you know, that the whole family, they all go down to the college with him to help him move in. And so they encounter a uh, the downstairs neighbor, Miss Akai. Mm-hmm. She was real friendly. So we'll see if she's trying to get Topaz to go to the other team. And then we also know that Wally tried to get Topaz to backpedal and what y'all call pussy pop. He tried to get him to backpedal and do all that good stuff with what he said he was not going to do. But then Topaz, uh, yes, honey, he stood up to him and was like, "Uh uh-uh, get out. (laughs) You got to go. So he kicked Wally out of the house without doing anything nasty and freaky and stuff like that. So we are on chapter three. I hope you guys have had a great Monday. If you had to go to work, I hope your your, uh, co-workers didn't get on your nerves too much. If you the boss, shout out to you. Um, but we're gonna get into chapter three. Hopefully, we'll be able to do chapter three and four. So, y'all don't beat me up if we don't get that far. Okay, 
But thank you guys. Thank everybody for joining me. Thank you to all of the new Almond Delights that decided to come over here and subscribe to your girl. And y'all come back each and every Monday and every other day that I do a video. So I appreciate you guys. But let's get into this read. <laughs> Chapter three, everything's new. As I lay in my bed, I start to really consider that there is something not right about Waleed. It's like he can't stop himself from that strange streak of behavior. As soon as it is outside of his realm of control, then up comes this crazed tyrant that does and says whatever is the most hurtful. There is an issue there. Just the fact that he can go all this time and never call me a faggot, and then just out of the blue, he comes out of his mouth with it, and it was said with such malice. I felt no different than when it was said by my family members. I'm sorry, but I don't see any type of forgiveness in his future. I'm growing really tired of his bullshit and covering for him. He is the one with the most to lose. But he is so arrogant, you will never know. I'm sure there would be some repercussions with the Jespers finding the full truth. But let's face it, I was a minor and he had most of the control in the situation. All in all, I feel that I have dedicated too much of my life to this. It has no validity in my life going forward. And I have said it time after time, but I'm done with this and done with Waleed Jesper. After what seemed an endless slumber, I finally arose at 2.25 p.m. the next day. All that drama had just drained all of my energy. I was thoroughly behind schedule with the things I had planned for the day. I still had to unpack and get everything situated in this apartment. I put on some music, and got busy. <laughs> I was really in my groove while the sounds of Whitney Houston filled the room. I cleaned, unpacked, and accompanied Miss Houston up and down the music scales on every track of the CD. Around 8 p.m., I heard a knock at the door. I thought, oh boy, I must have my music too loud. When I looked through the peephole in my front door, I saw the vision of beauty from the first floor. I hurried to open the door like a kid on Christmas. I said, hey, beautiful, how are you? Akai stood there in her petite frame, wrapped in a pink silky robe in a warm smile on her face. I can tell that she was equally happy to see me. She said, what's up, sexy? I said, come on in. Already? Come on in. <laughs> You have to excuse the place. I'm still trying to get it together. Was the music too loud or something? She replied, no, not at all. I love me some Whitney. I came up to see if you'd like to go hang out with me and a few friends in about an hour or so. I told a few of my girlfriends about my sexy ass neighbor and they are dying to meet you. Please say you will come. I stopped for a moment. Then I said, sure, let me get dressed. What kind of place are we going? She replied, to the bowling alley. It's where all the college and, and the college and folks in their 20s and early 30s hang out on weekends. So put on something cute. I know you will. She strutted toward the door as I followed. As she entered the hallway, she said, see you shortly, gorgeous. I smiled and gave a wave as I closed the door. This should be good. I thought I would be sitting around bored for weeks before I met anyone or learned my way around. I knew exactly what I wanted to wear. I went to my closet and got it out 
and laid it on the bed and jumped promptly into a shower. Within the next 50 minutes, I was standing in front of the mirror on the back of my bedroom door, examining my get up. A fresh pair of black true religion jeans with red stitching details that rested perfectly at my hip line and a red fitted sheer shirt with silver studs on the side and shoulder seam. It was custom made for me by my friend Mike. I also had a pair of black Jordans with small hints of red on them. I grabbed my red and black sunglasses off of my dresser and headed for the door. As I reached the bottom of the hallway staircase, the first thing I saw was a car standing in her doorway smiling. She said, come in here. We're just having a quick little drink before we leave. As I entered the ultimately girly apartment, I was greeted by three really cute and fly females. They were all just as giddy as they can be. I said, hello, ladies. How are you? They were introduced to me one at a time by Akai as she prepared herself a drink. She said, what do you want to drink, sexy? I replied, I don't drink, but thanks. We will change that. And the burst of laughter came from the shortest girl sitting on the couch. Akai said, I know that's right, Topaz. That is Rebecca. We have been friends since grade school. Rebecca was about five foot, four inches tall with caramel skin and honey blonde hair styled into a mohawk. She was really sharp and kind of put me in mind of my birth mother. Next was a double vision. Sitting on the far end of the couch were a set of identical twins. Very pretty girls with shoulder length hair and quite nice frames. They both stood about five foot eight inches tall. Akai said, these hoes are my absolute besties, Michelle and Nushell. We were actually next door neighbors from childhood before we came here to Jackson College. I said, oh, wow. Do you all go to Jackson? <laughs> Laughter broke out in the room. I was momentarily confused. Michelle said, no, Topaz. We are all graduates. We work on the campus. When we were attending, we could never afford to live over here. Me and my sister have an apartment about 10 minutes from here. She then gave me a quick soothing grin as she pushed her crimson red hair over her shoulder. Her and her sister look so much alike that the only way you can tell them apart is their hair color. Michelle was a dazzling redhead and Michelle's hair was cold black like midnight. Rebecca said, I also work near the campus at a law firm. I am a legal secretary there, so you'll be seeing plenty of us. I replied, that's good. I was kind of nervous about not knowing anyone. Akai chimed in, don't worry, sexy. I work in the admissions office. We will be at your beck and call. I already peeped the fact that you are a spoiled brat, so I plan to keep my eye on you. She winked her eye. I said, I am not a spoiled brat. She said, oh, you are. For what your parents are putting out for you to live here, as opposed to living on campus, you are a brat, darling. Embrace it. It's cool to have someone love you and genuinely care about your well-being. I just smiled. A few seconds later, there was a knock at the door. Akai said, oh, good. It's a fitting. I noticed both twins rolled their eyes up in their heads and Rebecca just chuckled. As the guy opened the door, I got a look at the ugliest girl I think I had ever seen. 
She had extremely dark skin. Her joints were a bit ashy and her hair was totally nappy. Her hair was in a shorter, a sort of bald haircut, but it had no curls, just naps, and dry and brutal. She was every bit of 300 pounds and only stood about five foot, three inches tall. All of this was topped off with deep set eyes, dry, cracked lips, and a horribly jive outfit with runnable shoes. The funny part was, after speaking to her for a short period, you could tell, she thought she was just as sharp as the rest of the group. I found that fascinating. <laughs> she entered the apartment with robust vigor and a ghetto stride. What's up, bitches? I'm ready to get fucked up tonight. She stopped as her eyes met mine. Who is this? I said, hello, my name is Topaz. What's yours? She replied, that's none of your concern, hun. She walked past me and proceeded to make a drink. Then she said, Akai, what's his point? And tell me he's not going with us. Akai replied, he is my neighbor from upstairs and he is coming with us. Be nice. He is a very nice guy. Afeni said, he looks <laughs> nice. And she motioned her fingers in the air to make air quotes. I could feel myself becoming a little unglued. I was truly not ready to do this right now. I was just trying to push to the side the hurt given just last night with Waleed's comment. Akai said, Afeni, seriously, that is so unnecessary. We're trying to have a good time tonight and enjoy new and old friends. No one is trying to be at odds with one another. Michelle chimed in, yeah, cut the bullshit. I ain't for it tonight. Affinity didn't back down. She poked her big ugly chest out and said, say what y'all want. I don't care for faggot, so I don't have to be nice to him if I don't want to. The abrupt statement left a silence in the room. And eyes were wandering back and forth. <laughs> but that was it for me. I said, hold it. What would make you think that you could just roll up in here talking shit and being all rude? Starting what you like, <laughs> stating what you like, and who you don't need to be nice to. Trust that you got it all fucked up. Yes, I am gay. But to think that you don't have to be nice to me is incorrect. You will not disrespect me. Okay. And as far as me going anywhere with you, <laughs> that's a joke. I don't even know how you got out the zoo to get over here today. But you need to get back to your tribe before they realize that one of the gorillas are missing. You ape like bitch. Okay. <laughs> she stood there in shock, honey. I guess she thought I was going to take her insult. But miss, but much to her surprise, she was dealing with the wrong person. I looked at Akai and said, oh, I'm really sorry for the confusion, Akai, and the rest of you ladies. I would love to hang out with you all another time, but I don't have to do this. I started towards the door. As Affinity said, yeah, go somewhere and blow somebody, fag. I turned around and said, how original was that, Magilla Cuddy? When's the last time someone asked you to blow them? Is that why you're mad at me? 
it's bitches like you that make it necessary for folks like me. Go get a perm round. Go get a perm, you round motherfucker. Out of the door and closed it and went back up to my apartment. <laughs> I sat on my couch. I was so upset. I really wanted to go out, but I'm not dealing with that kind of ridiculous behavior anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just before I was getting ready to take my clothes off and start back cleaning my apartment, there was a knock at my door. And when I opened it, there stood the twins, Rebecca and Akai. Michelle said, can we come in, boo? I replied, of course. The four of them poured into my apartment and took a seat on the couch and love seat. The car started. We are so sorry about what went down. Please don't be upset with us. We had no idea that she was going to do that. I said, I'm not upset with you guys. Hey, I'm not upset with her ugly ass. Child, <laughs> I'm not upset with you guys. Hey, I'm not upset with her ugly ass. <laughs> I said what I had to say. She is unimportant to my life. <laughs> Michelle said, Well, please still come out with us. We told her to beat it, and we would rather not hang out with her tonight. The funny thing is. You have never met her, and you said things that I have always wanted to say to her. <laughs> she can be very negative and aggravating. <laughs> I shook my head in disgust and said, people have their opinions, but they need not voice them out loud in public with the intent to hurt other folk. But enough about her. Are we going somewhere? I locked, up, I locked up my apartment and we were out. We all piled into our cars and drove to the bowling alley, which was absolutely packed. The girls knew just about everyone and they continuously introduced me to folks throughout the night. <laughs> I thought to myself, after the first 20 folks, there is no way I will remember anyone else. It was around 1 a.m. when I separated from the girls to go to the restroom. I strolled through the large facility and it was all there. Whew. The stairs, the casual smiles, a few chuckles, and a few turned up lips. You know, the normal. Folk don't understand anyone that isn't status quo. I've grown accustomed to the looks. I reached the bathroom and strangely enough, I was the only one in there. I went into the stall took care of my business, and as I came out of the stall, I was taken totally off guard 
I just happened to be looking down. Directly in front of me was a pair of Jordans standing facing me. It made me jump a little bit. I didn't hear anyone come in. As my eyes scanned up, my stomach did a flip-flop. I was speechless. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I need to speak to you. Is that okay? I couldn't move or respond. I just stood there for a moment. Then a single tear ran down from my right eye. Within seconds, I was hoisted off my feet and carried back into the stall. As my back was placed against the stall door, I could feel my whole body heating up with the need to be swept away. A kiss that I would never forget took place. All the words that needed to be said were said, and we were on one accord. T, I missed you so much. I responded, I missed you too, Ty. <laughs> you better get your man, okay? <laughs> he slid me down his body slowly and said, I have been watching you since you came in. I am so sorry about everything. I promise I will make it up to you and I will never betray you again. I love you more than I love myself and I will never hurt you again. I replied, I know. Tali said, come on, let's get up out of here. As we walked toward the door, I explained that I hadn't seen him at all. And he made a joke about how true love would turn you into somewhat of a stalker. We opened the bathroom door and to my surprise was Sharif, basically standing guard. I just laughed and said, hey, Reef, what are you doing here? He said, I just came to help my bro settle in and to party a little bit with these lanes until school starts. I'm rolling home on Monday morning when Ty goes to his first class. We spoke a little longer and then I decided that the three of us would go to my apartment and continue hanging out when the boat alley closed. I told them that I would let my girls know and I would meet them at their car and they could follow me back home. As I started back to the other side of the huge bowling alley, Talik and Sharif introduced me to three friends of Ty's from the Philadelphia area. They were really tall and good looking. I figured they were all there on basketball scholarships as well. It was nice to meet them, but all I could concentrate on was rekindling with my one true love. My stomach was doing flip-flops, and my body literally ate for his touch. Forgiveness was taking place at a greater rate than I could ever imagine. I was so hurt by the previous acts, but I knew in my heart and soul, it was time to let it go and move on. And besides, I believed him when he said that he was sorry and would never do it again. I explained to Akai what had happened on my trip to the bathroom. I told her I was, would explain the rest to her at another time how I came to be dating a basketball player. And she was okay with that. Anxious to know, but she'd have to stick it out. Shortly after I got back with my crew, the alley was closing down. It was a little after 2 a.m. We were exiting the doors into the parking lot, and Akai said, Sexy, this complex is so huge. We will follow you over to the other side to make sure you meet up with your dude, and then you can follow us back, just in case you don't remember the way home. And besides, I want to get a good look at this mother, because if he is nearly as fine as you, I am going to scream. I chuckled and said, 
you know good and damn well I know how to get home. But if you like to be nosy, have at it, boo. <laughs> As we dispersed into the parking lot, all you heard was the echo of what sounded like firecrackers going off and then chaos. There were folks screaming and scattering. <clears throat> you could also hear the screeching of what sounded like a serious getaway car. The chaos was coming from the main entrance, which is where Ty and Cherie's crew had parked. You couldn't move your car at all from the side where we were parked because of all the cars scattering and trying to get out of the complex. Myself and the girls decided to be nebby and go investigate. As we walked around to the front of the complex, you can hear a bunch of crying and screaming for an ambulance. This caused us to speed up walking. As we approached the mayhem, I wish that we had just left the complex with the rest of the speeding cars. There was definitely screams and cries and blood all over the ground and a few cars. I could feel my stomach tightening. As I approached, I could see two guys stretched out in the parking lot that had been shot. Their bodies were absolutely limp and had no life in them whatsoever. There was a third guy who was wounded just a few feet away from the two of them, and he was screaming in agonizing pain. There were a few people telling him to hold on and assuring him the paramedics were on the way. As I focused in on the things that the guy was saying, I zeroed in on his Philly accent. My stomach dropped as I took a closer look, and I realized these were the three friends that Ty had introduced me to. I was in a panic as I started to explain to Akai that these were Ty's friends. I needed to know where Sharif and Talit were in the midst of all this confusion. The paramedics and the police showed up within the next few minutes. The, they jumped out and immediately assessed the situation and started working on the one guy. The other two were already gone. They covered the bodies as they shooed the people away from the scene. We were so disturbed by everything, we had moved. I had never seen such brutal death up close like this. Then it hit me that I need to find my folks. As we walked over about three or four cars, there were paramedics and police officers trying to calm a person down to ask questions. That's when I seen Sharif and Talik. Sharif just kept saying, they shot him. Man, they just fucking shot him. He was sitting on the ground and Talik was laying in his lap with absolutely no movement. And the two of them were covered in blood. I felt my face flush and my legs becoming gummy underneath me. <clears throat> and all at once, everything just went black. And scene. That was chapter three. Y'all know we're going to take a brief intermission. Don't go nowhere. I'll be right back. night again we back y'all we back y'all for another read and this time we'll be learning topaz yeah we see topaz got his foot baby topaz did his thing now it's time to see where he gonna be at next so y'all sit back relax let's take this trip Let's see what Topaz gonna get into now. If you haven't told your friend, go tell your friend. (laughs) 
We over here reading, y'all. It's about to go down. Thank you to our author, Mr. James Colwell, a.k.a. Spilly Boy. Head on over to Amazon.com so you can get your books today. That's Amazon.com and search for Mr. James Colwell. We read, y'all. <laughs> Let's get this thing started. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. Make sure you subscribe and like the video. Share it with your friends. Come over and follow me on Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash brown 9 Let's get this party started, y'all. And we are back. So that was chapter three of Learning Topaz. Listen, <clears throat> I mean, I'm going to say sorry, but not really sorry about that whole laughing fit because I was not ready for that. Topaz just, <laughs> it was just the visuals for me. I'm sorry because it's like I can see a girl just like that, just carrying on thinking she does SHIT honey, the sugar honey iced tea, and she not. And he just read her for filth and I wasn't ready. So, but then like, why was I getting real teary eyed when they said Talit got shot? Like I almost cried like this nigga is real in real life. But I feel some type of way right now. I hope it ain't what I think it is. So James, if you killed off Talit, I'm gonna be so mad because I was happy that he came back. <laughs> oh, I sat in that parking lot. <laughs> I said that park a lot of darn it. Okay, we're gonna go on to chapter four. <laughs> Y'all know I ain't got no sense. <laughs> chapter four of learning topaz. Oh, brother. <clears throat> As I regained consciousness, my eyes were extremely blurred. I could hardly make anything out. There were just hazy figures, and I had no idea where I was. After a few moments, I was able to make out who the people in the room were. <clears throat> a guy was sitting at my side holding my hand. The twins were sitting at the foot of the bed, and Rebecca was sitting on a chair that was resting at the end of the bed. We were in the emergency room, and I had one hell of a headache. Oh, quick side note. Um, disclaimer, there's going to be cussing, cussing, and more cussing. Okay? <clears throat> a guy said... Topaz, are you all right? My God, you gave us such a scare. She then turned and said, Becca, grab a nurse, please, and tell him he's awake. Just then, it all came rushing back to me. I sat straight up and said, where is Talit? Where is Sharif? Then as I looked over to the side, I saw Sharif laying in the other bed in our space. He was sedated. Akai held my hand very tightly and said, baby, You've got to be real strong for me right now. Do you understand? They have sedated Sharif. They didn't want him to hurt himself or anyone else. They did manage to get enough information to contact their parents, and they're on their way. She looked at me deep in my eyes and said, Topaz, Talik is gone, baby. I'm so sorry. 
felt like I was going to throw up. I could feel the tears flooding my face, but I couldn't say a word. My head was throbbing and all of the blood curdling details started to flood my memory all the way up to my blackout. After about 15 minutes of that horrible days I was in, I felt as though I was going to be able to handle this. I said, why the hell is my head hurting so bad? <clears throat> By this time, the nurse and Rebecca were stepping into the area and the nurse said, you hit your head on the ground pretty good, young man. I could feel the knot that had formed on the side of my head. She then asked the girls to leave the room. I said, no, please let them stay. I don't know what would have happened to me if they hadn't been there. She replied, that's fine. She then proceeded to check out my vitals and then a policeman came in to question me on what I saw at the bowling alley. The girls had already been questioned and they were doing okay. They were a bit shook up, but they were okay. I looked at the time, it was almost 5 a.m. and I was dreading the fact that Ty and Cherie's parents would be here soon and who knows how that was gonna go. From what the girls were telling me, Sharif was more than a handful. I told them thanks for seeing about me and I told them that I was gonna stay with Sharif until their parents came and I would be okay to get home and I would contact them as soon as I knew anything. After a little struggle, they agreed to go home. I could tell by looking at them how tired they were. About 15 minutes after my crew left, Sharif had started to come around he was very groggy. I pulled a chair up next to the bed and I started to talk to him. Within moments, he was up and around and shedding tears heavily. He grabbed my hands and said, they killed him T for no fucking reason. They killed my baby bro. I'ma kill me a motherfucker. I promise you that. All we was doing was hanging out. Them niggas had some words. We wasn't in that shit. When they started saying something, <clears throat> me and Ty walked away. <clears throat> then these little punk-ass bastards gonna spray all of us when we walked out the place? What the fuck, T? I said, I know, Reef. It doesn't make any sense. Sharif looked at me with tears streaming down his face. His long eyelashes drenched and glistening. His grip on my hands got extremely tight as he began to talk at a low volume and intense pace. I already considered you family, little T. Now you're truly the only brother I got left. I replied, I'm right here, Reef. I'm not going anywhere. He briefly cracked an appreciative smile and kissed my hand. We just sat there for the next 10 minutes in complete silence, both crying, when all of a sudden I heard a deafening scream unlike anything I have ever heard before. Sharif jumped up and yelled, Mama! We ran out of the area we were in and into the open area, and sure enough, Sharif was right. Mr. Rudolphson was trying to hold his wife up on her feet. She was losing her footing quickly while screaming over and over, My baby! My baby! They killed my baby! Mr. Rudolphson was amazingly well composed while dealing with Mrs. Rudolphson. I thought to myself, that is what a man is. I couldn't imagine where he was pulling that inner strength from. Within minutes, he had Sharif on the other side of his body, and he was holding him up too. It was a scene that I wanted to forget as soon as possible and never experience again. The pain and anguish was just too much. 
I felt my legs weakening and I just slid down the wall into a sitting position while Mr. Rudolphson and some of the staff tried to gain control of the situation. One of the staff members, a Caucasian woman with long straight blonde hair said, please let's go over here into what seemed to be a conference room. There were also two homicide policemen following. Mr. Rudolphson took Sharif by the hand and put his other arm around Mrs. Rudolphson and began to lead them into the room. As they got to the doorway, I heard him say, are you people for real? I have my wife in one arm and my son in the other, and you lead me into a room and leave my other son sitting on the floor in the hallway? If someone doesn't carry that ass down that hall and bring my child to me, there will be another ugly situation in this goddamn little hick town tonight. Everyone stopped in their tracks, and before any moves could be made, Sharif departed from his own grief and said, I got it, Dad. We don't need no one to get him. He's our fam. I'll get him. Mrs. Rudolphson lifted her head and said, Yes, Sharif. Go get Topaz and bring him to us. He belongs with us. Within seconds, Sharif was lifting me to my feet and saying, I got you. Come on, Shorty. We returned to the room took seats at the table, and it began again, all of the interrogation. After about 45 minutes of the constant questioning, I swear Sharif and I were all cried out. It was such a grueling process. To have to keep reliving those events made my stomach turn. I was totally spent. Mr. and Mrs. Rudolphson had to go and identify the body. I couldn't do that. I couldn't stand to see the love of my life in that state. Not one more time. I just couldn't. Cherie stayed with me. He kept telling me over and over how much it meant to him that I had stayed by his side through all of this. He also held on to the slight cryptic look when he swore to avenge Ty's death. I said, and what am I supposed to do if you go to jail, Reef? I know you're mad. I am too. But I can't risk losing both of you to the same assholes and they bullshit. But I know it hurts. They still have not found the fools that killed my brother and his father. And it seems as though they just flat out stopped looking. It is disgusting. But what can you do? Sharif looked at me again with his long, dark, wet eyelashes glistening and said, You are speaking all truth to me, Shawty, and I love you for it. But I'm mad as hell. I could see his thuggish side becoming very prominent. It was almost scary. I grabbed his hand, which was cold and still, and I said, I know, Reef, but just take your time. Don't rush into anything. I paused and then continued as his hand warmed up, and he held onto my hand, and the rough edge dissipated. Use your head. You're older than me and Ty, so I know I can't tell you what to do, but just make sure you don't ruin your life trying to avenge Ty. He would not want that, and you know that. We just sat in silence until his parents came back for us. Mr. Rudolphson came up and said, Okay, fellas, it's time to go. Sharif and I stood up, and the four of us headed toward the exit doors of the hospital. It felt as though we were moving in slow motion, and I had an eerie feeling that I was forgetting something. The closer I got to the door, the more my anxiety built. We stepped outside of the doors, and the, smart, and the sunlight blasted us. It felt as though we had just emerged from a cave. 
we all just stood still for a moment like we were all thinking the same thing and the next thing that happened shook me to my core mrs rudolphson dropped like a boulder to her knees onto the cement she stretched her arms forth as though she was at the altar at the church and said i can't god no i can't mr rudolphson dropped down to console her but it wasn't working this time she continued i cannot i cannot i cannot leave my baby here i won't go home without my baby i won't i will stay here until they transport him home but i can't get into the car and drive two hours away while my baby lays in there oh god give me the strength Sharif and I both joined his parents on our knees there in front of the hospital. Sharif began to pray. You better pray, okay? Which I have to say, kind of shocked me. Mr. Rudolphson was unsuccessful in gathering his wife. This part of the ordeal was a little over the top for her, and she was not having an easy time of it. And strangely enough, I totally understood her position. I knew that Mama Jasper would feel the same way about me or Waleed. I then thought to myself, what would Mama J have me do in this situation? And then it came to me. I looked at Mr. Rudolphson and said, Maya, he gave me a nod, yes, as I seen his eyes for the first time welling up with tears. I took hold of both Mrs. Rudolphson's hands and I began to sing softly. When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. Ooh, his eye is all the sparrow, and I know. He watches me. We're going to run that back. When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eyes And I know he watches me. Jesus. Whew. And with that, she lifted her head slowly and our eyes met. She grabbed me in a tight embrace and said, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. We all stood, and in seconds, it seemed we were gathered, calm and collected. I then said, I understand what you are saying, and I don't want him to stay here either. And I know my mama will feel the same. When are they going to send him home? Mr. Rudolphson replied, later on today, they will transport him to an undertaker in our town. I said, it has been a very long night and morning. My apartment isn't far from here. Why don't you guys just come over to my place and get some rest? 
I hate for you to jump back on the road for those two hours without resting anyway. And I'm going to go home as well. But there's no way I can make that drive right now. Mrs. Rudolph said, I think that's a great idea, Topaz. But we don't want to intrude. I said, family doesn't intrude on one another. You all are my family. And I have felt that way since the day I met you. You are more than welcome to my home. Mrs. Rawson chimed in. This will work out because we don't want you making that drive alone under the circumstances. Sharif has to grab his car too, and we can do a caravan back to town. That way we can keep our eyes on all of our boys. He went on. Topaz, have you contacted your parents? I replied, no, sir. I didn't want to get, I didn't want to upset them. I'll explain, explain everything to them when we're face to face. If I tell them before, they will be too worried. He scolded me a bit and said, young man, you don't have the authority to decide what we can take and what we can handle. That phone call home is owed to your parents. You have been through a lot. I don't think you even realize it at this point. You were even treated at the hospital. And when we get to your apartment, I will call your parents myself. As parents, we owe them that. This situation could have easily been the other way around, and you could be the one that didn't make it. And we would want to know about Ty's status. I owe your parents that. Do you understand? I said, yes, sir. I didn't think of it that way. I'm sorry. A single tear fell from my eye. He said, oh, goodness, don't do that. Ty told me once he hated when he would cry. Now I see why. He and Mrs. Rudolph and both chuckled. Sharif grabbed me in a bear hug and said, it's okay, little man. We went directly to my apartment and as planned, Mr. Rudolph and called my parents and explained everything. And they were appreciative of the call, just as he had said, but a nervous wreck, just as I thought. We all fell asleep for several hours. Mr. Rudolph had made the necessary calls to find out the time that Talik's body would be transported. And we were on the road at the same time in a caravan heading home. This was definitely not what I had in mind when I thought about my first week away at college. And scene. And that was chapter four of Learning Topaz. Listen, I was not ready. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sitting over here literally crying real tears. Like I know this man in real life and I don't. <laughs> I don't, but oh my God, the fact that, first of all, I was not ready for Tali to be gone this fast. And the fact that he died in the manner that he did. And then when the mama, see, I put myself in Mrs. Rudolph's shoes, being that I got two boys of my own. And it was just like, wow, to have to, you know what I'm saying? The man just going off to college. They just coming out of a bowling alley. And bam, 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 bam. They done, he done got killed in the midst of craziness. I'm going to drop the link in case anybody want to come up here. Let me put my headphones on just in case. But I hope you guys enjoyed that read. James! Oh, my God. James, why did you do that to us? Oh, listen. 
Oh, that just, baby, that pulled on my emotions, honey. Emotions make you cry sometimes. Woo. <laughs> baby, listen, I was not ready for that. I'm sad. You know what? And I, at first, I was like, well, you know, and I hope you guys don't hear no static or whatever. Let me know if y'all hear static or not. But um, I was not ready for that. I was excited, though, that Talik had done stalked Topaz and came back. You know, I was when he came in with them drawers on in the bathroom, and I was like, oh, shoot. You know what I'm saying? Look, <laughs> he's the one I had to. You ain't have to kill him like that, Jody. <laughs> you ain't have to kill him like that, spill it so soon. They were just getting back together. <laughs> they were just getting back together. Thank you, Angela. Oh, my God. But that was, when I tell you, <sighs> spill it, boy. You did a good job so far in this book. Listen, this whole trifecta, these whole topaz series, uh, that roller coaster that I was telling you about, I done jumped back on it, baby. We at the top. We done came down midway and the roller coaster just stopped. <laughs> so we don't even know what's gonna go on next. Only Lord knows what's gonna happen with top with Waleed. Cause you know, top, uh, topaz is about to be vulnerable real quick. You know, so he may be in a vulnerable state, and I feel like why let me shut up and stop trying to guess the book. <laughs> let me stop trying to guess the book. But that just oh and then when you put the song in there, child. Okay, she did girl. I was really over here crying real tears when I when I seen that part of the stuff. I had to sing the song, like how you know, like how they had to sing the song in Sister Act too. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried it. You know what I'm saying? But I hope you guys enjoyed that read. Before I uh, keep going, I'm going to drop the link one more time. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to sit up here all night. But uh, <laughs> uh, let me do my church announcements. Um, if you guys have gotten this far into the broadcast and you have not subscribed, please subscribe to Army Brown 09. Make sure you hit the notification bell. Y'all see what it's giving. Whoo! Whoo! <laughs> Y'all see what it's giving, honey. Do not miss the next read. Next Monday, we will be back here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our next read of Learning Topaz. My, my, my. If you guys would like to hear this um, on the playback, you can play this video back. Or if you want to listen to it in your car, your Bluetooth, on your phone or whatnot, you can listen to it over at my podcast, um, anchor.fm forward slash Alma Brown 09. Shadil is putting all of the information in the chat. If you guys would like, if you're an author and you would like your book to be read here at the Almond Delights Reading Corner, you can send the book to my, you can either send the book or hit me up on uh, email almondbrown09 at gmail.com or you can send it to my P.O. Box, Almond Brown 09, P.O. Box 1058, Stark. Florida 32091 and you will be in the lineup um, and I will let you guys know the next book that we will be reading so you can get it now I will be reading um, Uncle Tim I don't know if you're listening if you will listen to the replay you asked me to read your next book so I will be reading uh, Love and Gospel Music so if you guys want to go it's on Amazon also available on your Kindle I don't know if it has the audible version, but why would you want to listen to the audible version when you're going to listen to me? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Love and Gospel Music will be the next book in the series. I just want to let you guys know ahead of time. 
Also, you know, we do our Friday night red light specials here every Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we be talking grown and sexy, okay? Also, this Sunday, I have to get that with you guys because it's supposed to be our um, paint and praise. It's supposed to be this Sunday at 6 p.m. I may have to move it to the following Sunday because mommy duties. I uh, My son has a tournament um out of town and i have to take him it was supposed to have been the weekend gone but they had to cancel it and so they moved it to this coming weekend and so it's out of town and i do not know if i'm going to be back in time for that i will let you guys know how that works but i just want to give you guys a head up head up just in case i have to move it yes philly boy it's that's gonna be good i have not read that book either with uh, uncle tim but Y'all giving me my life. I love to see just like unknown, all unknown authors. To me, you guys were unknown, but I just love, cause I love to read. And you guys just reignited my love of reading and being able to come over here at the reading corner and read to you guys, you know, because you see them reading children's books for the children. But to know that you guys love and y'all appreciate me reading and you authors, allow me to read your book out loud here you know and i want to thank everybody that still purchased the books even though you guys hear me reading thank you guys for still supporting our authors although you're listening to me read it here i appreciate you guys for loving on me and loving on them by way of purchasing their books and coming over here and giving your feedback so i'm appreciative of that I really am. So if you know any more authors, you know, let them, hey, listen, I can line them up because I don't want to stop the reading corner no time soon. It's just a relaxing thing to do on a Monday night, you know, away from all of the hoopla of life itself for an hour. You can just sit and listen and be entertained by just grown up stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate y'all. But nobody came up. Good for me. Good for you. But I'm gonna let y'all go. I'm gonna play the uh play my uh, no. I ain't gonna play that one. I'm gonna play the other one. But I love you guys. I will see y'all. Listen. For those of you that may be watching this on the replay, please make sure you guys and y'all listening now. Please, after the, the live is ended, come back and leave a comment up under this video. Not on my community wall post, but under this video leave a comment and let everybody know what emotions you may have gone through while while listening to these two chapters of the book also leaving comments and engaging as far as thumbs up or thumbs down that helps to get us out there in the algorithm y'all want other almond delights to come over here and enjoy the books too right mm -hmm. and i appreciate you content creators that are able to share my books on their on your community walls thank you for sharing the book also, uh, if you can, you can still share it out via text message, your Instagram, wherever you can share the video, share the video to get us out, but leave a comment under the video. Okay. So I love you guys. I will talk to y'all later, baby. I got to go ahead and I don't know. I need to go drink some water or something because I'm all cried out, child. Look, I went from laughing to crying. James, what did you do? <laughs> what are you doing to me? But I love you guys, honey. I will talk to you guys later. Uh, make sure you guys drop your chocolate and your sun emojis in the chat. If you are driving home, please be safe. Okay? 
Oh, thank you, Spinner Boy. Listen, I try. There ain't no need for me to be monotone, baby. I this is how I read books in my head. When I read to myself, the way I'm reading out loud to y'all, this is how I read to myself. But the fact that I'm able to do it out loud, and <laughs> it's just even more entertaining, honey. Y'all gives me my life. This listen, but next week, please. Lord. Whew. Anyways, I'm gonna let y'all go. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. I love you guys with the love of God. And there is what? Nothing you can do about it. I'll talk to y'all later. Now leave a comment now. Okay. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Thank you all for joining another episode of Almond Delights Reading Corner. I pray that you enjoyed yourself. And you're relaxing your mind, in your body, and in your spirit. Come back and join us again next week as we continue our reading. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Be blessed and enjoy your evening.